to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST. My name is Josh King, and uh, Micah and Sam are both on the show today. How are you guys? You know, it's 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 an especially good Monday. Is it? Yeah. It feels that do? way for me, too. It's been a really good weekend. We, yeah. we, we had a, I mean, we had a great Sunday. It was kind of a milestone Sunday for our church. We cool. um, voted to go multi-site. So, yeah. we, Ooh, wow. we have big. adopted, we've adopted another local congregation. We're going to do some more, we're a neighborhood church, neighborhood church for the nation. So, we're going to dig into their neighborhood and um, it's kind of an exciting time in our church. That's awesome. And Mikey, you guys celebrated one year of one of your campuses, right? We did. Our North Georgia campus celebrated it one year yesterday and we um, began to make plans to move forward with the launch of our downtown campus. And so, yeah, we... Uh, we had our members meeting last night and it's, it's uh, yeah, it's been really, really good. That's cool. We are, uh, we did not have a campus or lunch campus, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anybody that serves in a college town knows um, college is back and that changes everything. And it's so fun. I love it. Uh, it's, it's one of the highlights of the year when the college students come back. Because I miss them. I miss them when they're gone. So I'm glad that they're back. Yeah, that was exactly what happened with us yesterday. Yes, they moved in this past week and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, bing, you know, the big boom happens when all the college students. Well, our boom will be in. next week. They moved in literally yesterday. Yesterday oh, was moving gotcha. day. Yeah, so, so our moving day was last week. So here's the real question. Mm-hmm. We we don't have a college boom because we have a, we have colleges around us. Don't get me wrong. We, you sure. know, it's Florida. There's like an airport and a college every three miles. <laughs> That's um, true. But. And they all have Atlantic in the name. But <laughs> no, we don't. We have golf. We're on okay, the golf side. Right, Come on, right, get right. it right. Mm-hmm. So, but but what adds more energy, the snowbirds or the college students? Man, I'd argue. I'd argue college. So this is what's interesting to me about Brainerd. Like I would say, in general, just walking through the lobby, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday morning, the college students definitely add more energy as far as that's concerned. But you know, we have different. We have the two different models of services. We have the more modern and the kind of the more traditional. There is no doubt that our more traditional service is the more alert, sort of enthusiastic and responsive of the two of the two styles of services that we do. Yeah, ours really? is too. Ours is too. So that's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is it th- yeah. the energy is different because it it's a different generation. That's right. Yeah. But it's still there. Yeah. Because I've pastored right. in two college towns and now I, and I've pastored actually two churches in Snowbird Country. And I'm thinking, you know what? I could argue it either way. Yeah. Who, who yeah. What adds more value? Snow, uh, not value, energy. energy. Um, <laughs> we all know what adds more value if we you're talking like a, monetary <laughs> gifts. I mean, the snowbirds crush the college students, yeah. right? But We get the macaroni uh, and cheese in the offering plate. Y- yes, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, but energy, energy. You know, I could, I could argue it either way. I could, I could argue it either way. I, I love the college students. They're, they're awesome, but the snowbirds are great too. That's true. Um, as far as service though, which ones serve more? Um, I don't know how it is in other churches, but 
jeez, these college students, I mean, they are just serving like crazy. They'll, yeah, they'll attend three hours. I think uh, it depends on what you're – so, I mean, we've found that our college students do serve a lot, but they particularly like to serve when it's like serving other college students. Like we had a big crew do move-in week this past week, mm-hmm. and they love doing that. In fact, they're on campus for the next hour this morning because today's the first day of classes, and they're serving coffee, just giving away free coffee all morning uh, on campus at the biggest school here in town. And so they'll do that, but I'll tell you, our older folks, like they're the ones who serve most faithfully in the most diverse number of ministries. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Ours are across the board. I mean, greeting, children's, um, those sort of things. So anyways, this isn't the topic, though. Um, It's a good topic, though. I I mean, we should should do a show at some point. Uh, The topic we're talking about today is, what did we call this? Preaching pregame routine. So what do you do getting ready to preach and this can be sort of comical and i think we will go down that that rabbit hole as well but it's also beneficial in that you're going to have um different routines for your voice uh just bathroom breaks those sort of things and you know we need to kind of think about that yeah so for our listeners we're not this is not the spiritual side of things we may touch on that, but really what this episode is for is the practical side of things. So, mm-hmm. clearly you need to pre- be preparing your soul the night, at least the night before, if not really all week, yeah, to right. preach, sure. um, of course. But really what we want to get at is practically, what do you do? Do you have suspicions? Do you do you have a, a routine? I know I do. Not suspicions. Um, what? what did I say? You said, do you have suspicions? Um, what is the word? Superstitions. Superstitions. That's right. You know what? It it was such a long and exciting day that my mind is, we do these podcasts on Monday, which is great. I I love Mondays. We all love Mondays. But, but sometimes my mind doesn't work, you know, but you may have suspicions too, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother show. Mm. Superstitions, like a, like a major league baseball player, right? So. Um, you know, a lot of major league baseball players kind of have their thing. They have a particular superstition, you know, it involves socks or a walk-up routine to the batter's box or, you know, um, a NBA player with free throws. They, they, they have a rhythm, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. do the same thing before each free throw because that's what they've trained their body to do so that they hit the free throw. So there's, you know, there's, and, and you know, sports analogies really aren't the greatest, but that's what I had this morning. So is there, for our listeners, is there something that you do? We'd like to f- hear on Twitter. Sure. Um, you know, hit us up at Twitter. Um, EST, bef- EST Church. EST so, Church. At EST Church. Do either of you guys preach through the sermon like out loud? No. I, I used to. I don't. Ever. Not anymore. Thursday. I've done it one time in my life. Really? Yeah, that's it. I don't ever do it. I used to preach to my wife the night before. Hmm. I preached to my wife all week long. <laughs> my wife preaches to me all week long. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I used to make her, and by make her, she was very gracious and willing to do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I used to sit down and walk through my sermon with her and she'd give me feedback. Um, children changed that. So um, now with four kids, yeah, we, we ain't got time for that. It's just tired. Yeah, I, I've gone regularly. I'll just go through the, the bullet points like uh, – what I call a drive-through version of the sermon, like if you can say it in a drive-through, and she will spit back like some really helpful illustration ideas or perspective ideas of like 
moms or stay-at-home moms or women in general or students because she serves heavily in our college student ministry. And so she's got like just a different twist on things, which I'd love to say that I could sit down and come up with that, but I just never can. She has a different kind of perspective on how that might be perceived, whatever my point is. So yeah, that's, that's, that's not necessarily a superstition or a thing that I do every time, but it is extremely helpful. I do, I do run the concept of the sermon on Tuesdays at our staff meeting by the oh, staff. Oh, really? I do. heard, don't you do that, Mike? Like you do some sort of like- We don't, yeah, we don't do think. that. We just know, I mean, our, our whole sermon prep is group involved. And in fact, I'm not the guy who leads it. Huh. Now, I'm ultimately the guy who says yes or no to everything that's on there. I mean, I'm the senior pastor, but we, again, this goes back to an Ephesians 4 concept of, well, there's a practical side, right? Like we're, we have multiple venues and multiple campuses with live preachers in all those spaces. And so all of us are preaching the same message. So our prep has to be collaborative. But beyond that, just Ephesians 4, equipping the saints for works of ministry, I don't, we're trying to get away from sort of ministry that's built around any one individual, but rather distributing responsibility. And so, yeah, Paul Lasso is our preaching pastor, North Georgia campus pastor. He leads our uh, sermon prep process every week, and then I'm always heavily involved in it. I get the final say, but yeah, it's always a collaborative effort. Do either of you guys do fill in the blank? No. I do. Every Sunday. Oh, really? Never. Yeah. That's something that I've wanted to do on occasion. I just can't because I don't know what I'm going to say that specifically. I don't know how to fill in a, like, I would feel, it would be unnatural for me to have my um, top points sort of in a way that's worded in such a way that I know what the next word is going to be. So, I have a, I have a pretty dedicated schedule. Mondays are the days that I come up with the concept mm-hmm. um, and then I run that concept. So, Monday pretty much all day working on the sermon. Yeah. Um, along with podcasting with you guys. <laughs> um, but actually, Nick Ripkin's going to be at our church this Sunday. Ooh, so, nice. I, I don't I don't have Is to that prepare. Is a baseball player? Yes, he's a baseball player. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Josh, stop it. <laughs> stop oh, it. Oh, my word. Um, so, I, I, am, I am, I'm not preparing a sermon this week. So, I'm actually going to go hang out with our senior saints at uh, the Ringling Museum uh, as soon as I'm done talking to you guys. Nice. But that being said, so Monday's sermon prep, Tuesdays I run the concept through the staff so that they can know what's coming and also use it as a devotional for our staff meeting. They know what's coming, but they also can give me some feedback and say, yeah, you might want to rethink how you're approaching that. So, it's, um, it's an accountability check as well for the sermon, um, a doctrinal check, all of those things. By um, Wednesday, I have the draft done, I have the notes done, I have the fill in the blanks done so that they can go to print. Um, And so, our team, you know, prints the bulletins, worship guides on Thursday um, and then we're ready to roll. Um, Mm -hmm. By Saturday, I I let it sit at that point and then by Saturday, I'm re-looking at my notes and reworking anything that may need to be reworked. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sunday morning, uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, just praying through the final pieces of it. Um, and then I have a very specific um, Sunday morning routine too, but we can get to that here in a second. So, after prep, my uh, pre-game routine starts on Thursday night. So, I read it through, just kind of cleaning up some stuff, cutting out fat. That's that's what Thursday night's all about. Saturday night, read it through. After Jackie goes to bed, goes to sleep, um, I'll read it through, just sketch some stuff. Um on the outline, just kind of honing in the word, but really I'm just reading it. And Jackie's your wife, not a random church member. It's not right. like you, right. you had yeah, to Jackie, wait for somebody to fall asleep. She needs to go sleep. Um, and then uh, Sunday morning, we'll, we'll get to that. 
I guess. Um, I don't have a necessarily Sunday. What time do you guys get to to the the service or the church campus on? We have a 7 a.m. prayer with our staff and then 7.30 mm -hmm. prayer with the deacons. Yeah, I get uh, somewhere between 7 and 7.30. I get to the service or get to the church. We have prayer at 8 o'clock and then our first service is at 8.30. Hmm. We get here by 7.30. I'm usually here by 7.10. And then um, first service starts at 8. 8, 9.30. Yeah, 8. Um, I don't have a routine necessarily. You know, one of the things, this is kind of a comical side of it. You got your morning routine as far as coffee for me, not you, Micah, but um, coffee. No, and then. Not. And then all of us who drink large amounts of coffee know that that coffee is followed by um, like a pit stop. You got to you got to have a stop. You got to you, you get moved by the spirit, moved by, the and spirit. you get moved by the coffee. That's right. My pregame ritual in terms of what I put in my body is absolutely nothing. No nothing. liquid, nothing to eat, nothing until between the second and third service. I will usually grab maybe a quick donut or something. And then I don't eat until about two o'clock on Sundays. Oh, a donut. You eat yeah. donuts between the services? A little, little sugar to get me fired up for the final service. And then I, I eat I lunch usually donut, around two o'clock. Well, we have, okay. we keep Krispy Kreme donuts for our volunteers on Sunday morning. And so uh -huh. I usually grab one of those between the second Ooh. and third service. I could not do that. I do. I do like three or four jelly beans. I do uh, coffee, some Cafe Bustelo every single morning, including Sunday. And then that's all. I don't eat breakfast anyways. But if I see a donut or something baked, I'll eat it. And it's around, you know. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So, I have two granola bars uh, every morning. Uh -huh. um, the Chewy Kids Granola Bars. Uh, chocolate Quaker. chip? Yeah, chocolate chip. Quaker mm -hmm. produces them. Very good. I literally eat that every single morning of my life. So, I don't change that for Sunday mornings. But what I do is I go to Starbucks though I, and I probably should not do this but uh, for many reasons but I go to Starbucks I do it once a week I do it on Sunday morning the line's short because it's Sunday morning and it's early it's 6 6 30 in the morning and I and I get a, a triple grande non-fat latte um, and and I get and I'm driving up you know the the line at the same time if the people didn't change so often there they they'd know me uh -huh. um but uh but yeah and then i and then i drink that on my way to church and through prayer and um about 20 minutes before the first service at eight o'clock um um the i i approach the throne room um because <laughs> if i don't approach the throne room and 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 do my business with the lord um I, I don't have time. Like I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in some serious pain by the time I'm going to that third service. It's because you have a triple grande latte. You know, I, well, you drink whatever that much sugar. What? No, 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 non-vat. I don't get any sugar in it. There's no sugar in a latte. Well, I don't. The I don't syrup? think so. No, I don't do the syrup. There's no syrup in it. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the syrup. So anyway, you got a lot um, of coffee though. I, I yeah. So I I have to do that. Yeah. And and if I don't. I mean, I fear like I just run off the stage at some point. See, about two weeks ago, I didn't um, for whatever reason. And you did you you lived? Obviously, you lived. I did, but during the eleven o'clock, right before it's like the last song, and I'm thinking today's the day. This is the day because I can't. <laughs> this is the day. <laughs> this is the day. <laughs> I, I I figured there's no way I'm going to make it through this sermon and. I just have to go, but I can't go now. It's over. And so, I mean, I started praying, you know, and 
I made it. So because there's something that happens when you get up there, adrenaline and stuff. About like ten years ago, one time, one time in the middle of a sermon, I mean, I just started hurting, and mm-hmm. I thought I'm getting sick. And I called the associate pastor, stopped the sermon halfway through the sermon, called the associate pastor, said, can you come up here and pray? We have a door on the back of the platform that goes out to a little private bathroom. I ran through that door, found the bathroom, came back up on stage a few minutes later, said, thanks for praying. And we just kept on finishing the sermon. (laughs) 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 And true story. And that is why, that is why the pregame routine is so important. It matters. It's pretty important. Particularly if you have multiple services because you know you're going to get caught between services. You know somebody's going to talk to you. So, clearly the bathroom thing is an issue. That helps me because I don't get, so because our services are only 15 minutes apart and because I have to change clothes between each service, Mm -hmm. I leave each service before the service is over which helps me not get caught. And I have one or two interns with me and they know their job is to help me keep from getting in conversations between services. We don't have time for that. Mm. And so, and I have a bathroom in my office. And so I'm able to run straight in, change clothes, go to the bathroom, get out and be in the next service where I have five or six minutes to shake hands and see people before the service starts. Mm. For those of you who are like, Micah changes clothes between, yeah, he's got those expensive preacher sneakers that he's got to put on. (laughs) That is not what I have. (laughs) One of his interns runs up with a box and opens it and... Fresh pair. Need a fresh pair for every sermon. Yes, yes, exactly. I said the red laces. <laughs> Adidas, where are my Jordans? <laughs> no, we have different different styles of worship. And so I'm in jeans in one service and then I'm in a cufflinks and suit and tie the next one. And yeah. And then I go That's back to the jeans you, for the third service. And, and so, you know, if you're going to go like dressy, Mm-hmm. Man, go cufflinks. I'm all oh, about yeah. that. We, we don't see it. It's Florida. I mean, our, we have deacons that take up the offering and, you know, flip-flops and shorts. So, right. we're just we're just got a different vibe on the coast. But, man, if you're going to go for it, go for it. Big ain't no, ain't For those of you who are a bit more on the traditional side and like to dress up for church, I say you go for it. I love it. Do the cufflinks. Do so, the suit. Do the, do the little hanky in the pocket. I've never done that myself. Say, but. I have a whole – I literally keep a whole drawer in my office full of pocket squares mm-hmm. and uh, fold them, put them in my suit pocket. Totally love cufflinks. It's harder and harder to find French cuff shirts. And so I buy them off Amazon, found a place to get them pretty inexpensive. And I love it, man. Wear the tie bar, really nice looking tie bar. I tie my own bow ties. You know, I don't buy the clip on business or whatever it is. That's that's just trashy. No, I'm, yeah, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. It, it, is, it is not for me. Um, but, but I actually well, you know dress up a little bit. squares I, I own? Yeah, I'm the guessing zero. The same amount as cufflinks and the same amount as bow ties. <laughs> you know what's have... funny is I, I have bandanas that I wear. Um you know, Guns N' Roses style when I work like out. Your oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, like wait, and while you were preaching? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was trying to imagine what that looked like. Michael <laughs> that, Scott, yes. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> around his head. Oh. With his suit on. Josh, I bet, I'm, I've just pulled out my desk drawer and I think I have six cufflinks, six sets of cufflinks right in my wow. desk drawer right now. Wow. But see, I'll tell you, Texas? here's, uh, yes, actually one of them is a big, my, they, I got them for my grandfather who's from Texas and I have a huge, they're very large in the shape of Texas with oil rigs on the top of the, oh, superimposed over the top of Texas. I love it. I'm a, yeah. Anyway, but see for me, I, this is funny. People ask me, which style of worship do you prefer the water? I, I love, I genuinely love both styles we do. I love preaching in jeans and a shirt and I love wearing suit tie cufflinks the whole nine yards i'm very comfortable in both sides 
So you just you have a multiple personality disorder. I'm schizophrenic, on, maybe I guess is what you're saying. It's fluid. Yeah. No, but I'm with you. I'm with you. So I'm I'm kind of like in between. You know, I would never wear a tie on Sunday. I just it's just not me. But I do wear slacks and a coat. I mean, you know, I I, I like that too. I like to be a little dress. I'm, I'm casual dressy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, so the other day I was invited to preach at a in a setting in which it's it's more formal and it's expected it's an academic setting and so i got all the details from the person setting it up and then i asked what uh what's the what's the expectations when it comes to dress and her response was you can wear a jacket with or without a tie and i looked at um my associate who got the email you know and we were talking about it and i said uh Man, that jacket's going to look weird with my shorts. She said, uh, she said I could wear a jacket, so I'm going to go for it. So, But that's me. I'm nervous about preaching at this place. I'm going to have to go buy some stuff because I'm, I'm inadequately – That's or I'm just going to come raid Micah's office um, because – Man, I'm, I'm telling you, though, I've, get dressed. I've preached in chapel at seminaries and colleges and that sort of stuff, and I've worn everything from a full suit, cuff, link, and tie to jeans and an untucked shirt. It just is odd. I mean, it just depends on where just you're at. It just depends on where you're at. Yeah, it and, really does. And I have Know no, your context. That's, that's key. No that's know your context. And I'm cool. So, how many alarms do you guys set so make sure you get up on time? Do you And do you have a backup plan – if you sleep through. So I set one alarm and I wake up before my alarm pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't. have a backup preacher every week who's prepared to preach. If I get sick or something happens, they can jump in the pulpit. They've prepared. I don't set alarms. Um, every time I do set an alarm, my body will wake up before the alarm. And yeah. usually it's like a chunk, like an yeah. hour. Um, it's something about, I feel like I'm, I haven't been diagnosed with it. I don't even know who would diagnose this, but I think my body's afraid of alarms. And so I've, I've, <laughs> there's probably a fear for that. Alarm there, there probably is a phobia for that. Yeah. So in fact, in college, I figured out a way to, I would, and this is no lie, but you know, I, I wouldn't blame you if you don't believe me. Um, I would set like a mental alarm. I want to get up at seven tomorrow and just do it. Just boom. You wake up. Yeah. So I'm not like that at all. I set three alarms, two on my phone, just in case. And then one, uh, that's an old battery operated, you know, analog clock um, that I set as well. And then if I'm not at church at seven, I'm getting a call from my executive pastor just in case. And we've got, we've got backup preachers as well. I've got a, a, a couple of people that I've said, just have a sermon ready, hmm. you know, in case. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, you should probably should because it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, it will. And we, I mean, I, we, we also have a video venue and just, we've had a few times since I've been here where the video has failed. And so we have somebody who has studied the sermon and they're ready to preach whatever we're typically preaching every Sunday. We have a rotation calendar that's all set up and yeah. So if I, I in fact, one Sunday morning, I got in the office at seven o'clock in the morning and by seven thirty-five or seven forty-five, I knew I had a kidney stone and I was on the floor and uh guy just jumped in. Nobody even knew there was any difference. Hmm. Reached the sermon we had on the schedule. It was great. Never, I've never even thought through it. So let me let me talk to you about this. And this, I, I don't think this is. I'm guessing both of you guys probably do this, but I have water that I keep, you know, at this at the pulpit on Sunday mornings. But I'm adamant that it has to be room temperature water. Well, does that matter? Aren't you a little? Deep? No, it's not an elitist issue. It's cold. Cold <laughs> water causes your vocal cords to constrict. 
And so room temperature water keeps your vo- your vocal cords soft and uh, and flexible. If they're so constricting, is that why my voice is so high? <laughs> it does. I mean, seriously, room temperature water will allow you to stay more comfortable when you're speaking. If you use cold water, it'll cause your voice to tighten up and hmm. uh, you cause more stress on your voice when you use colder water. I, I didn't know didn't that. Yeah, so yeah. we use I, I we're no refrigerated water on Sunday mornings. It's all room temperature water. So I I I prefer bourbon because it, <laughs> it feels warm. Send your emails to uh, maybe <laughs> the angry, you know maybe the angry that text messages. But I didn't realize that instead of bourbon, I could use room temperature you need water temperature bourbon man I, I, but maybe maybe my sermons would not be as interesting because <laughs> you know after, by the time i get to the third service it is a little you know a little weird too fine sam though. wants to be controlled by the spirits <laughs> <laughs> that's good so, no but i'm that's serious good. so the room temperature water thing was given to me by a musician years ago and this musician said before every concert i always have i, I limit it to room temperature water and uh, it was a game changer for me i like it yeah. That's a good helpful hint. Yeah. Hey, I, I threw this out on Twitter, uh, personal Twitter, and asked about sermon bumpers. How often do you guys use those? For those uh, who are like listening, a, rarely didn't know, like a video, sermon bumpers, yeah, little bitty video. Often they'll kind of like thirty seconds, something like that, right before the sermon starts. Yeah, thirty to a minute. And yeah. what it'll do is uh, kind of it's for the series. So we're in a three part Titus series. All three weeks, it's the same. It's a minute and 17 seconds long. I've got time to go to the restroom and, and buy a bagel. Um, but the, you know, it just does that. What, do y'all, you, you said rarely, Sam? Yeah, I'd like to, if I could, I would use them more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of bumpers being transitions instead of prayer. Because yeah. prayer really needs to be central. And I understand why churches utilize prayer as a transition we do the same thing and it's it's more out of just kind of necessity because we don't we're not quite there yet with our video production um but if we can get to the point of where we utilize Mm -hmm. videos we we would we would do it more yeah we we, go ahead sorry no go ahead josh i'm just gonna say we i never did in the seven and a half years of my previous church and i've been here a year and we use them every single week there's never a time we don't use a bumper and I threw that out there, and I think there's a perception, I would say, amongst smaller churches or maybe even amongst those who are feeling like, well, we don't have a graphic designer on staff or those sort of things. Like, right. Like the the large, bigger churches, they use them all the time. But right. what I found through my Twitter responses was a lot of them are just like kind of sometimes, yeah. sometimes not. Yeah. We do them on occasion. We like if we have a. We usually designate two series a year as kind of our key major series, and we time those series around high attendance, you know, times on the calendar. And we'll often create a sermon bumper for those series. But see, we also do. We don't do music before the sermon. We do. Our, we take up the offering right before the sermon, and we wa- we ha- we have a custom. Our, what we do is instead of having our guys create sermon bumpers, they create a missions video 52 weeks a year. And we sh- hmm. we highlight a different thing that we're doing somewhere locally or around the globe every single week. And that's what shows right before I walk into the pulpit. And so that shows while we're taking up the offering. And so we've already got sort of a video transition that's happening when I walk into the pulpit. And then I just walk up and start the message. I like that. Yeah, it I works do really like that. Well. I've and- seen a couple churches um, that have sort of a it's not a 52, but it's just a generic, what we would call a generic. It talks about the church's mission statement. Right, right. And they show the same one. 
Well, and remember too, with, with if, particularly if you have a mission board that you work with, you know, like mm -hmm. the International Mission Board or North American Mission Board, that sort of thing, a lot of mission boards have web, on their website a place where you can download a truckload of free, incredibly good quality missions videos. And so if you're a smaller church and you're not creating this on your own, I, I say 52 weeks a year. There's actually probably about 48 weeks a year we create our own because two or three, four weeks a year, we'll use something from the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. They're incredibly good quality. Put it up there. Use it as a, a mechanism. I like it better than, say, churches that have, say, you know, like a special music or something right before the sermon. Yeah. I think it just helps us to, to connect with what we're about to do in the, in the word a little bit more effectively. That's just my opinion. I'm down with the DC talk. Yeah. I like it. Get get down with the DC talk. Get get down. Uh the we are not the DC talk, the three of us. The, no, we are not. If we, so, I want to be Toby Mac. I like Mac, using them. No, that would that would be a fun that would be a fun exercise Who are like we in DC if talk? if we if you had to assign one of the members cuz there's three of us, if you had to assign one of the members of DC talk to I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> I think I'm thinking through like it, but I don't want to say what I'm thinking, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think it would be more like point of grace. I'll bite your tongue. Avalanche. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Selah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's who we are. Uh, and for those churches that are like, man, I would love to do. Uh, I was thinking more Green Day. but Oh, my uh, maybe. word. <laughs> I don't, I don't Sam already said he was Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses a few minutes ago. Because <laughs> he's drinking is, bourbon. This is the, the the pagan episode, and ironically, it's all about pregame, you know, sermon yeah, <laughs> prep. Yeah, so for, I'm for, just, I'm just, man, I'm just feeling it today. I'm feeling it in all sorts of different ways. I just want to drop this for those churches who are like, you know, man, we'd love to use some of that stuff. Micah's church shares their stuff. We're trying, we and we need to. We, we've shared a bunch of it at resource church, but we need to update that with you know sharing a lot more. Also, uh, Micah's Church is not the first to do that, of course. There's several large churches. Seeds is a just, just search Seeds. Um, I think that's Church of the Valley. Life.Church, Open Network has a lot of stuff. Life, sermon yeah, they're Open.Church, right? Is that right? Is that what I think it is? Anyway, um, their Open website is brilliant. I used it for years. Yeah, Open.Life.Church. Then you've got Igniter Media, which is a subscription thing based out of the great state. That stuff is awesome. And then Pixel Preacher is fantastic as well. Just recently discovered pixelpreacher.net. And it has a number of resources and a free section, which I think one of our upcoming series, we're using the free section. And you're talking about a, a sermon bumper and then the graphic and those sort of stuff. What I like about Igniter is they have a section for expository preaching and then a section for theme-based. And so you can go down and say you're preaching through a book. They'll have several, like I saw Romans, they had tons of Romans and you can buy them all a cart or you can buy the subscription. So if you're, if you're thinking, yeah, I want to take Micah's approach where I do two or three series that have all the bells and whistles, but we don't have a person on staff. I'm thinking a hundred dollars a year would get you that two or three series with the graphics. Yes, and that it, it really stuff, would. So. It really, it's not that expensive. It's not really. And then, you know, I've also, when I was at a, uh, my previous church, we didn't have a graphic designer. And a couple of times I would, you know, just searching the, the web, find a series I, I liked and I saw the artwork and stuff. And a couple of times I actually reached out to churches. They weren't even of our same extended family denominationally. Um, but every single time I ever reached out to a church and said, hey, do you mind if I borrow that idea or something? They sent me all the source files. And they were like, yeah, here, just one of them said, 
Well, send me your logo and I'll throw your logo on it and do the yeah. I was going to say stuff for you. If if anybody if anybody sees anything that Brainerd does that they want, we'll we will gladly do that. We'll gladly yeah. send videos and and we'll ta- we take our logo off of everything we send out. You just do whatever you want with it. Some somewhere, some person on Micah's staff is just going. <laughs> oh man, he just promised the yeah. world I'd do graphics for them. Awesome. No, we're not creating your own graphics, but we will send you what we've created. <laughs> so that's all we have the time for. Thanks for listening to EST. Make sure that you rate, review us, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen. My favorite is iHeartRadio and Spotify. We're on those. You can listen to those on your smart devices in your car. Let's say if you have one of those smart car audio systems, uh, throw us up on the iHeartRadio. And uh, don't forget to tweet us your pre-game preaching routine. We'd love to hear some of the things that you do to preserve your voice or to get ready to preach the word. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.